It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. You know what you need to know and what's it all about. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 56. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. I am uh, running out of jokes for episode numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh, I think you'll be able to fix that soon. Yeah, I think I'll bounce back in, like, what, maybe 13 episodes? It sounds about right. I feel like I feel like I got one. Yeah, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you do. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to come up with something. Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> but until then, I got nothing. Okay. Well, do you want to just talk about what's on the show? Well, I suppose we could go that direction if you would like. <laughs> what uh, what do you have in store for the people this week? Well, we've got a new announcement about the show um, and the Wait, clip out. Are you are you firing me? I mean, we'll get there. Wait till the news. Okay. You found somebody that rides the bike. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about this when we get to the news. And there's a new Peloton location coming in Texas. And you don't mean a store. Correct. And there's going to be, or there were, some new items that hit the boutique this week. And then, let's see, there's the whole pedal gate issue that we need to talk about. That's fun. And that looks like that's about it. Well, I think uh, the, the pedal stuff will take up some time. Yeah, probably. So uh, uh, before we get into all that, shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on iTunes. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, it helps us tremendously, which is why we whore out for it every single week. We have a new review. Would you like to hear it? Absolutely. Okay. So this is from Mother of Bulldogs. And she says, is the OPP causing you stress and anxiety? Do you find yourself in a constant state of FOMO for missed popular rides or developing ADD from the HRZ and or the PZ recommendations and writing schedules? Have HRI sign-up complaints overtaken your newsfeed only to wait for more FOMO from the event itself because you were locked out and dreading all the pretty pictures? If the above makes if the above makes any semblance of sense to you, you might have OPP overload and need to recalibrate your pillow experience. Welcome to the clip out. An informative and engaging weekly summary of all things Peloton. Think NY Post snappy headlines. Got em. Snarky wit. Yep. Page six style gossip about who's who, what's in, and celebrity sighting. Nails it every time. And in a nice little format you can enjoy on the subway or wherever you need a good escape from reality. That is the reality of an online community of quote unquote fake friends that feel more real than your real ones. Turn from the dark side and join the rebellion. The force is strong with these two. Wow. I know. And then we gave us two a two star rating. What? That's no. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that's uh that's Diane Kazlowski. She okay. asked one of the questions oh, that's uh, right. during the John Foley interview. That is right. I knew that sounded familiar for a reason. Well, it sounds familiar for another reason, but we will talk about that in a minute. Okie dokie. So uh, Thank you for the review Absolutely And uh, so just to round out Our shameless plugs uh, You can also find us On Facebook At facebook.com Slash the clip out While you're there Join our group Stay up to date And uh, don't forget You can also check out Our website at Theclipout.com So there That is all out of the way uh, Let's dig in Shall we? Yes It's time for News of the Paladin 
So I guess we should start with the show announcement. That way, if I'm being let go, I can just uh, head on up to HR and cut out. <laughs> no, of course you're not going anywhere, silly. Whew. No, we're adding to the show in a Uh-oh. way. We've we've got a couple of interns. Holy cow! I know unpaid interns. Well, yeah, yeah, it's the best kind. Yeah, I mean we're kind of unpaid interns, really. Uh, fair enough. It, would, it seems unfair that they would get paid when we don't. It would, so, <laughs> but that's many a startup, right? Yeah, it's certainly not. Uh, it's certainly not a do as we say, not as we do situation. No, no, no. But we have a couple of uh, people that are going to be helping out. And um, do you, do you want to hear more about them? Absolutely. So one of them is going to film school in New York, and he is actually. It's I don't remember the name of the school, but it actually takes place like on a film lot. Oh wow! And uh, he's finishing up his semester right now, and he'll be. Uh, helping to edit the episodes and perhaps he'll do some some other activities but for now he just wants to focus on the editing Sweet. and his name is Andrew Aronson. Awesome. Yeah, happy to have him with us. And then we also have Chet Kazalaski that's going to be joining us. Ah. And his mother. There you go. So does that make so he's a bulldog? No. Well she's mother of bulldogs. Right, this but I think son. that's because she has dogs that are bulldogs. So, no, so he's a bulldog. No. And Get this. He is so excited about being an intern. Right. He like took it to the next step. Right. Because he did, he was like, I want to know what it is I'm I'm hearing about. Right. So he now has his own leaderboard name. Look at that. Son of Bulldogs. No. Just Bulldog. <laughs> nope. Mr. Underscore Pink. Okay. <laughs> and he is he has one ride down already. Like Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> What? Yes, exactly. He's going to film school. <laughs> His leaderboard name is Mr. Pink. He's got it's got to be a Reservoir Dogs. I'm sure reference. it is. I'm yeah. sure it is. So, welcome to both Chet and Andrew. Yes. So, uh, he what will he be focusing on? So he will also be focusing on editing. So but he's, he can do the editing. Yes, I wasn't sure because of his paws. He doesn't have paws. He's not a dog. He's a bulldog. He's not a. Pug. I don't understand. <laughs> his mother is mother of bulldogs. He is a bulldog. Oh, is he adopted? Oh my god! Does he? Does he know? Did I just? You just outed him. Ah, oh no! Sorry, we didn't want you to find out this way. So anyway, Chet will be working on not only the editing, but he might be helping out with some of the other features such as the website and also perhaps some of the other social media aspects. We'll see. We'll see if he's interested in that. Yeah. And we will pay him in bones. (laughs) He's not a dog. I'm pretty sure he's a bulldog. (laughs) A new location, but not a store. Right. And guess where? It's in one of your favorite cities. New and exciting Texas. The opposite of? Plano, Texas. There you go. Yeah. Right outside Dallas, I hear. According to Google Maps. Yeah. We all know the internet is never wrong. And that makes sense because all the articles that I saw this week all were out of like Dallas. Like it was Dallas Business Journal. It was Dallas whatever. It was the South Fork Gazette. I didn't see that one. Oh. I think that's a different... That's I'm a showing thing. my age. I don't think you're getting my. <laughs> yeah, the show Dallas, okay. right? Yeah, that's the name of the mansion they lived in. Oh, was South it? Fork. Okay, yeah. yeah, that part I didn't know, but I knew it was a Dallas reference, right. From the show, right? So uh, we'll go with that. I mean, I get points for that much. I, I never suppose. watched it. I didn't either. Okay, yeah, but you remember stuff that you didn't watch. 
That is true. Okay. So let's talk about it. 27,000 square feet of office space. What is it going to be? It's going to be a supplement to Peloton's headquarters. It's going to be Peloton's first member support center outside of New York City. How about that? Yeah. So I think some people are hearing this as it's going to be an actual new headquarters. It's not. It's a supplement to headquarters, and it's specifically going to be member support. So picture a huge bank of people dealing with all of our bitching. It's a thousand square feet of people dealing with our bitching and 26,000 square feet of replacement pedals. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, just some things I thought were interesting. Brad Olson, who you might remember from our, our walkthrough that we did, our, our tour yes. of Peloton. He said that Dallas was a very important market for Peloton because the showroom that they opened not that long ago. The one Matt Wilpers went to visit. Uh, it said the North Park Center in Dallas So I'm not sure if that's the same one or not Because I'm not familiar with Texas You could totally be right But anyway, it has been one of their top performing locations Nationally since it opened in 2015 Interesting There's right. a lot of money in Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Apparently And Peloton's Plano campus Is going to hire 100 workers by the end of this year And then they're looking for additional people beyond that. So right now, the focus is on the core 100. That's going to be a lot of leadership roles, including a people manager, member support manager. And then we'll see more in the upcoming months. Awesome. Yeah. I thought it was also interesting that Peloton evaluated four different markets, but they didn't say which markets before they decided. So they didn't make uh, everybody have to go. They didn't pull an Amazon. They didn't pull an Amazon. (laughs) Everybody's got to put on a dog and pony show and like, please come to. Yeah, no, they didn't. And I thought it was interesting because one of the reasons they chose Dallas was because of the workforce. There's so many uh, tech minded companies in this legacy center, which is where they're putting the building or putting the office space. Right. And uh, so. They worked with, is it Sabre, uh, C-B-R-E, Sabre Analytics, and that's how they kind of came up with where does it make sense to do this. They said that their New York headquarters is located among some of the world's leading tech firms, which of course well, we sure, know. It's New York. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, they wanted they wanted Legacy Central to become a similar hub for tech companies in Dallas, Dallas-Fort Worth. I mean, they see that that's happening and they wanted to be part of it, is what I'm saying. And so Legacy Central, apparently... Obviously, we don't live in Dallas, but apparently it's this like gigantic hub already because it has 84 acres. It spans 84 acres and 1 million square feet of office space. And so it says that their amenities at this legacy center include 25,000 square feet wellness center. And Peloton is going to put Peloton bikes and treads in the wellness center. How about they're probably going to knock a little off the rent? I would hope. Yeah. I would hope that they would. So there's yet more stuff at the boutique. Yeah. I will say, though, this one wasn't for me at all. So you didn't spend any money. You didn't. There was no money spent from me. It was very cool, though. It was the Road Rider collection. So there's a whole group that you might remember we've talked about before. The, The Road Riders, they have their own Facebook group. And Matt... Is very active on right. that group And so they came out with New jerseys, cycling jerseys For men and women, and they came out with like Windbreakers for men and women, so if you're a Road rider, that's perfect for you Right. I gotta say, I was I thought it was really cool, they had a picture On the front that was all matte And he looked good <laughs> I mean, he did, I'm just saying He even posted today that he was he so he excited He said, 
thank you to the photographer who took the picture for making him look like a supermodel. It was something <laughs> to that degree. Like he said it more jokingly and right. not 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 like I'm so amazing, but right. he was like, "Wow, you made me look good." And it was true. Like it's a really cool photo because like he looks really tough in the photo. Like he looks like he's like going to take somebody out. <laughs> and he's got his bike all slung over his shoulder like he yeah. He just looks like he's going to go kick some ass. Well, that's not road riding. Well, he's got his bike. Right, but he's not riding. It's over his shoulder. Because he's heading to the course, honey. He's going to put the bike down and then go ride it. Is he I'm outside gonna... the picture? I can't tell. I don't remember. I wasn't looking at the where he was. I taking... can tell. <laughs> I know where you were looking. I don't um, think that's what they mean by Wilford. But you didn't get completely let off the hook with the spending of the money. So there is one of our... Pillow friends Named Punk Rob Well that's actually Not his name His name is Robert Brinker And uh, he has his own group Called Punk Rob And he is quite The artist And he focuses on Dragons And really cool art With dragons Well He makes leggings Custom leggings With dragon designs And so I had to get a pair of those Oh And they're amazing You had to I had to I mean I saved you money By not getting anything From the Road Rider collection Is that how that works? Yeah Absolutely so well, then I saved you money too. <laughs> I'm off to the comic book store. <laughs> okay, you make money. That's all good. <laughs> but also, people should check out Punk Rob. It was really cool. Really cool stuff over there. Yes, I know you're very happy with uh, with your dragon yeah. leggings. Yes, they fit great and uh, well worth it. I guess we should talk about Pedal Gate. Oh, oh the OPP. Oh the OPP. <laughs> it's been a day. On the OPP. Yeah, we should talk about it. So, somebody's pedals broke. Yeah, to, and he, to someone's. He, he, uh, the dude had a, a legit a injury. A legit injury. Like Absolutely, he's he did. He's not being a whiner. No. I mean, maybe he's a whiner, but in this instance, he's not. <laughs> Let's assume he's not. Okay. <laughs> no, no, he... I, I don't He didn't do anything wrong He was He simply posted Like Does this happen to anybody else Right But the thing is Is it did happen to someone else It happened Just last week To Heather Krebs And she She went to Owner of the uh, Krusty Krebs <laughs> No Or Spongebob No No And and Heather Actually hers was so deep She had to go to the emergency room Oof. And have And have stitches Yikes. So So now <laughs> Here's what happened on the OPP. Two of these pictures appeared within a very short time frame to which everyone replied, oh, my God, I'm going to die if I ride my bike, especially if I stand up. Like, that's how that went. Leaderboard name Chicken Little. (laughs) Yeah. The sky is falling. Yeah. I mean, it was total panic. And. And I'm not downplaying their injuries. Like, let me make that very clear. Yeah, like it was, it's awful that it happened. I've seen the picture and it keeps popping up in my feed. And like, yeah, like he, yeah, it was bad. It was he took one for the team. He he did. Yeah. He did. So then it became this debate, okay, of what happened, you yes. know, and and so the immediate panic within the OPP is it must be a product failure, right? So my personal. Opinion on this is that there are there are three different pedals that we know of in existence within the Peloton timeline. Okay, so one of these sets of pedals caused both of these injuries that that are the two cuts we've seen are from the same pedal type. Yes, pedal type A. Right, right, and they're the oldest type of pedal, which was kind of this like plasticky thing, and it and the way it was held on was like an extra piece. 
Um, it looks very different than what my bike looks like today with the metal pedals that just they're they look completely different. I'm not going to do it justice trying to describe it because right. I'll use all the wrong words. But the point is, they are two different pedals. And so then the, the next question is, well, does that mean that all the pedals that were the old pedals, are they horrible? And oh, my God, we all need to panic. So obviously, I don't know the answer to that. I do know that the only time I've seen these injuries occur is on the old pedals. But at the end of the day, thank God, Peloton issued a statement. Yeah, because it's been kind of out there for a little bit. And JV, so selfish, I know. has been on vacation. Yeah, how dare she take a vacation? <laughs> oh, JV. She went to the island of no Wi-Fi. <laughs> you would have to, to do her as well, job. <laughs> as well she should. <laughs> or at least turn off Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> She's spending some time with the Amish. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know where she went. She didn't leave a forwarding address with me, yeah. that's for sure. Not that she should. Are we sure she's coming back? <laughs> it's not that bad. It's not that bad. So here's what the official response was. Okay. Mem- members, thank you for all your questions and feedback regarding pedals on the Peloton bike. I think what they really mean is, oh my God, you guys are killing us. <laughs> but that was just my ad limiting. corporate with, speak. Yeah. To be clear, we have no reason to believe that the recent issues flagged in this group were caused by a product defect. Every model of pedal ever included with a Peloton bike has been tested and certified as compliant. That said, pedals on any stationary bike need to be replaced on a regular basis. While wear and tear will vary based on usage, we have always warranted our pedals for 12 months. Last year, we emailed all active members who purchased a Peloton bike prior to to April 2016 to remind them of this and offer to replace their pedals at no cost. If you have owned your Peloton bike for more than one year purchased prior to May 17, 2017, please complete this form and we will gladly send you your first pair of replacement pedals at no cost. Our members experience is our top priority and we are working to update all of our communications to be even more clear that pedals need regular maintenance and replacement beginning with this article on our support site, which they include the link. If you have any questions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to contact our support team. Again, they give the link. So known issue, known issue. They had they had they already have a process in place. They do. Yeah. And so here's how you do it. And it, and it clearly does state on their support page. It has always stated that like part of their maintenance is to check on your pedals. And so that's nothing new. I know that the road bike people that ride all the time, their road bikes ride all the time. They would tell you, you always check your pedals and you replace them regularly. And there's a whole contingent of people that ride Peloton that say don't even use the Peloton pedals, use a right. Shimano or whatever. Um, I think all of those are fantastic ideas whatever whatever works for you but i don't want people to think that they can't get up and ride their bike and especially in like standing position i mean how many people have we talked to at this point and they've had their bikes for years and they've had great results right i mean well how many how many rides has laura pug put on (laughs) right i mean four thousand at this point for real and yeah and she has no issues and we talked to not that long ago michelle brookman remember she had had her bike for three solid years and never had an issue and she didn't even get the extended warranty so it just depends on a lot of things. I'm obviously I'm not going to sit here and say that there's never going to be an issue with their product. Yeah. Like that's there are going to be people that have issues with their products. But like the people in the OPP today kind of made it sound like it was an emergency and we were all going to die. Your bike is not going to spontaneously combust. Nope. It, there's a countdown clock. <laughs> it's not spontaneous at all. 
Like it gives you. And it's so funny because I say all this and you say all this and they're not going to listen. Those people no. are never going to listen to this. So and they're never going to hear it. It's easy for us to be a little blase because it hasn't happened to us. And two, we didn't get our legs sliced open. <laughs> Absolutely. And again, I don't mean to to say that their injuries were not serious because yeah. they were. And, and like I said, that should never happen. That should never be a thing that happens. But I also don't think that it means that every bike is going to break or like right. you said, Spontaneously combust So let's Let's calm down the rhetoric And maybe Take a breath Maybe chill out a little bit <sighs> Shake it out <laughs> Peloton bought their own cruise ship No No that's what you said No I did not say that That's not what I said You're Now you're causing rumors It's an indoor cruise ship <laughs> It There is a cruise ship And It's very exciting Because it's whew, Very nice but my favorite part about it, obviously, is that it has Pelotons on board. The first Pelotons at sea. You know, all I could think the whole time I was on a boat like that is like, and you charged me how much for 100 megabytes of Wi-Fi? Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Oh. Those sons of bitches. Right? Well. You got Wi-Fi around here somewhere, cruise ship. You're running these <laughs> Pelotons. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> That's a good point. Although this is a brand new ship. So let me tell you about the ship. It's called Celebrity Edge. And it is a... <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and read the, the headline because I can't, I can't make it sound like this. Celebrity Edge promises a luscious transformational spa experience. <laughs> so like the whole boat's a spa. Yeah. That sounds awful. No, I think it sounds great. That sounds awful. I mean, I think it sounds great. Is the whole boat a spa? I don't I don't think it is. Cuz that's what it looked like when from when I looked at the article. I didn't get a chance to really drill down, but but it looked like the whole boat was a spa and I'm well, just maybe, like Maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah. You have to whisper the whole time. I don't think you have to whisper. The whole place smells like eucalyptus, <laughs> not a koala bear. Well, there's at least a gym, so you wouldn't have to whisper in the gym. That's, would, that's how we get you to work out. I wouldn't be in the gym. You're going to be now. <laughs> well, like spas are like really quiet. They have all that knockoff Enya music playing. Knockoff Enya music. Yeah. I mean, it is a relaxing environment. We're going on a cruise soon. We are. A Disney cruise, which I don't think will be quiet. But no, I will, it but will I not will, be quiet, but, but it'll I, be fun. I will knock off Enya. <laughs> <laughs> So it just it just like all I could think is how quiet those places are. Whatever was everybody gonna be in a robe the whole time? I picture lots of robes. I bet there are. And those slippers that never stay on. <laughs> they stay on just fine. I don't like slippers. But that's you. That's just you. I mean, to their credit, they I mean, they tell you right up front, I'm not gonna be staying on your foot. I'm a slipper. <laughs> it's in the name. <laughs> that's true. Well, so anyway, this uh, this cruise has 124 different spa treatments, 31 therapists, spa therapists, gotcha. a cutting edge collection of specialty treatment tables, and the first Peloton bikes at sea. Oh, when you said cutting edge, I thought that was the pedals. Oh, <laughs> zing. zing. No, they got the new bikes. You'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, they definitely have the new bikes. Can you imagine riding a bike and catching a wave? You know, but when we've been on a cruise ship before, I really haven't felt that much. Like, the only time I ever felt is we were walking a that few first, times. That first day is always a little... Well... As you get roly acclimated. Poly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, so I don't know. This doesn't sound like it's Tom's thing, which I'm bummed about because I thought how fun would it be to get like a big group of Peloton people to go and like all the instructors to come on board and then like teach a class live because that sounds so fun. Yeah, that's what I would love to do. Well, you should reach out. Maybe they'll do like a special clip out cruise. (laughs) (laughs) We already have alliteration on our side. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they'll get right on that. Here's some new tips from the training center. Now we're official. Can you still hear me? I can. Tom's here too. Hi. Hello. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Good. She's like, oh, he's still around. <laughs> <laughs> I thought with his diet and lifestyle, he'd be dead by now. Well, I heard well, it in your voice. My, my first question, of course, was going to be, have you eaten any fruits or vegetables since we last talked however many months ago? <laughs> no. Of course not. <laughs> that wait, was my guess, but wait, hey, I thought I'd check. Wait. Did Wait, you have a vegetable? I um, I, guess I had a piece count. of pizza. I had a piece of pizza, and like I think somebody had dropped a black olive on it, and it snuck, <laughs> it snuck in. <laughs> but I spit it out. Nice job. Okay. So got it. Well, you're that, doing your that, best. That's all I can ask for. Does that count? <laughs> Boy, she's nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> Baby steps. I guess that counts. Does that count? Is yeah, sure, counts, sure, sure. I had one. Like this. <laughs> you took a step. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you say potatoes count because um, whenever anybody used to say, you never eat fresh, I can't believe you don't eat vegetables. And I would say, well, I eat potatoes. And then they would instantly, anytime I tried to claim a potato as a vegetable, they would always get told, well, it's a starch. Well, it's a starchy vegetable. So it's both. That's that. That's what I said. That's like I'm like yeah, but it's not like I opened up a can of starch and sprayed it in my mouth. Like it's still a vegetable. It's still a vegetable, still, but we need to portion control it as we do with all the starches. Well, but yes, it's better I, than like Wonder Bread or something. Yeah, <laughs> there's some nutrients in potatoes. Well, you know the Irish, we don't portion control much of anything, especially potatoes. <laughs> so we we just jumped in here and didn't even introduce oh, her. I know we yeah. kind of did. <laughs> We're just off to the races. Hey, everybody. It's Claire Shorenstein. Hey, how's it going, Claire? Hey, how's it going? Good to be back on. (laughs) There we go. We got that out of the way. I think you're our first three-peat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, very nice. You should feel honored. We'll send you a little medallion. Always a pleasure being on here with you guys. (laughs) Chatting off things, uh, starchy vegetables and whatnot. (laughs) I just feel like talking to someone like me must just make you break out in hives. Must be like, no. Mm-hmm. Just eat the other stuff. <laughs> I love talking with everybody. So, you know, and, and you're, you're, always, you're, a, you're a challenge. And, you know, as dietitians, we love our challenges. So it's all good. Yeah, well, I, I had a whole cadre of things that I wanted to, to Ooh, talk to you about today. Great. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like we're coming up on the summer season. So, mm-hmm. you know, people need to revisit their diet and think mm-hmm. about it. I mean, there has been a lot of talk lately about intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. versus fasted cardio we've got marathon season coming up we've got well i guess we're technically in the middle of it yes Um, with boston around the corner and all the you know summer training for the fall stuff going on and yeah it's gonna it's all coming upon us Exactly. So there's just lots to lots to talk about from a nutrition aspect mm-hmm. because people are just like, well, all I need to do is train. But I, I know that's not all there is to it. So maybe maybe we should start with uh, the intermittent fasting. That seems to be the buzzword these days. Mm-hmm. That, that and the just uh, for people who have never heard of intermittent fasting, 
and fasted cardio. Can you briefly explain those two concepts? Yeah, because my first thought was, so I I fasted in my 20s. Is that intermittent enough? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, essentially fasting, which I mean, probably people know is, but fasting is just going a certain period of time without eating food or eating a certain, like a a lower percentage of what you might normally eat. Um, So intermittent fasting is essentially switching between periods of fasting and eating normally. So, so that fasting really is minimal or no food. And then the normal period is just eating as you, you know, just as you normally would. Fasted cardio, I guess, is is more just you're exercising on empty. You know, maybe you're, and I have lots of clients who kind of wake up super early in the morning and they squeeze in, um, you know, a workout before heading out the door to work or wherever they're going. And, you know, a lot of the times if it's a shorter workout, they feel really good just you know, hopping on the bike or going for a run and not having anything to eat. So in terms of intermittent fasting, there are different methods that you can do. There's what's called the 5-2 method. And that's, you know, you have two non-consecutive full days of fasting during which you eat roughly 25% of your normal intake and then five days of regular eating. And similarly, there's a 4-3 method and that's your alternating fasting days and normal eating days. And then maybe like once you reach your goal weight, you can switch to, let's say, like one day of fasting and six days of normal eating. Um, and then what's called the 16-8 method. I know there's so many methods. Um, you basically eat normal <laughs> amounts of, of food every day. So there's no like full fasting days. However, you are limiting your food intake to a period of about eight to 10 hours. Um, so you're really not eating anything for the remaining 14 to 16 hours. And I'd say that's probably from what I can see on, you know, the power zone page and just here and there with all my other clients, that's kind of the one people are trying out or playing around with, as I guess it might be a little bit easier for people to do. But yeah, so so what's the main difference between fasted cardio and, and these different methods of intermittent fasting? I mean, essentially, Obviously, intermittent fasting is is a real diet or it's a structured thing that you're doing. Fasted cardio is, you know, maybe you're doing it every day, but it's really just has to do with specifically with that, you know, that workout rather than the entire day or, you know, something like that. Right. Yeah. But the concept is similar. I mean, you're obviously in a fasted state, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. So it sounds like a lot of the intermittent fasting is, or at least the more entry level stuff, like some of it is, you know, like it seems like you go pretty good stretches of time, but the more kind of base level just kind of seems like a glorified way of saying skip a meal. Yeah. So, well, so on the, well, it depends on what method you're doing. So yeah, if it's like the 16, eight method where you're, you're really fasting for that long chunk of time every day, I think the most common way of going about it is to skip breakfast and then just start with lunch. Um, and you know, have, oh. finish your, your dinner relatively early. So that's what a lot of people do. And I mean, basically I just as like, just coming out with it, I do not recommend this diet for any of my clients. I haven't, it doesn't mean that I don't think it's interesting to take a look at the science out there. But I mean, when it comes to science, of course, as a dietitian, I'm, you know, we're always looking at the science behind things, you know, we're making evidence-based recommendations. However, if, even if the science is like super solid and great, if someone can't follow a, a way of eating because it's just too difficult and not sustainable, then who cares about the science, right? It, it's all about, yeah. um, at the end of the day, can someone truly follow this style of eating? Um, so I think for a lot of people, you know, it's hard, you know, it's hard to eat 20. I mean, if we're top 25% of your 
caloric intake for most of this. So that's somewhere around like 500 calories, let's say. I mean, that's very little food. And, you know, that's that's a hard thing to do. Um, and then in terms of skipping breakfast, well, you know, when it comes to athletes, a lot of people exercise in the morning or, you know, we were talking about marathon season coming up. You know, if you're training for, you know, an endurance event um, and you're putting in a lot of miles or you're training for a big bike ride or whatever you're doing, you know, going that long a period of time can be difficult depending on the type of exercise that you're doing. Or maybe it's, you know, if you're doing one of these two days a week thing, you're making it those your rest days. I'm not saying that people can't do this safely and effectively. However, this there, you know, I think there still needs to be a lot more research on it for us, for at least for me to buy into it. And, and the real, again, the real question is like, can, can you really do it um, and feel good and, not be miserable and not be like a social outcast or something. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. Um, and I guess just to give a quick rundown, um, some of the, some of the, you know, what they believe to be the potential benefits of intermittent fasting would be, um, you know, well, the claims are that you preserve lean body mass and you have more fat loss. That's the thought that you're, you know, that compared to other forms of weight loss, I mean, effectively, it's just restricting calories like other diets. And at the end of the day, all diets do that. And that's what makes it effective. However, they believe, you know, because you're kind of keeping your metabolism on its toes or something like that, you know, basically you're, you're losing less of your muscle, um, which helps kind of, uh, you know, whenever you're losing weight, your metabolism is, is decreased a little bit. But if you preserve your lean body mass, that counteracts that. So there, the question is like, oh, is it better for weight loss than other types of eat, styles of eating? And then there are other claims saying it's anti-inflammatory and there are all these, you know, supposed things that could be good for. However, you know, are you, though, on your fasting days, you know, can you, are you going to have trouble concentrating? Are you going to perform poorly at work? Are you going to potentially, if you're you know, active, you're not going to recover well, you're not going to have a good workout, you know, are you going to... Um, just, you know, get sick or get injured because you're just not getting enough nutrients. And especially with these, the like five, two or four, three methods where you're eating so little, um, you know, maybe you're just not getting enough nutrition in on those days. So that can be somewhat risky. So, so yeah, as far as I'm concerned right now, I mean, it's very interesting. And um, I actually posted an article not long ago on the Power Zone page or I wasn't like coming out entirely against it. And if it works for you, that's awesome. However, I think you have to be so careful. And for athletes, I think it can be very risky. And, you know, so that's kind of my take on it. So basically cautious, be very cautious about using it and and, yeah. and how you go about it. Yeah, uh, that was I'm, I'm really glad we got a chance to talk about this because I was very curious, especially about the fasted cardio. Yeah, um, because based on our conversations that we had about nutrition, it was like, well, that's none. Of, this sounds the exact opposite of all the things that Clara was. Well, yeah. So, well, so but that's, this is why. So like if you read that article that I sent out um, on yeah. competitor running, um, maybe you can link to it or something. I essentially, yes, absolutely. I do not recommend it for athletes the style of eating because because there are some dangers in there and if you're doing like really really high intensity work and you've been fasted for 14 hours or something you know first of all I, I mean and of course there are always exceptions to these rules you know someone's always going to come out and be like I follow this diet I lost 50 pounds I feel amazing I like work out every day okay wonderful <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I 
mean, and, and I'm not discounting that. And again, what if that works for you? Great. Um, however, for most people, you know, there are the, there is this danger of okay, well, are you going to be breaking down your muscle mass um, because at, and because in your high intensity work, we're really relying more on carbohydrate for fuel, but you haven't eaten in a long time, and your glycogen stores are somewhat depleted. So, you know, are you and also are you going to just have enough energy to do your workout or like? say you're you're running a marathon and it's long run day and you haven't had anything to eat for like 14 hours or 16 i mean that's oh. i don't know i don't think that's necessarily a good idea um and i've talked about this before the different lower intensity moderate intensity versus high intensity and the types of fuel that we use so you know when i'm with fasted cardio i mean the general rule of thumb and i know i've talked to you about this uh, crystal but you know the general rule of thumb is if you're if you're doing like longer or really and or really hard workouts, we really want to get some food in you and, and something with some carbohydrate ideally in there. Um, not to say that, again, like I know people sometimes go out and run 18 miles, super easy, not having had anything at all and not, you know, nothing but water and they feel great. And that's fine. Uh, but the two things that I'm always suggesting with my clients is number one, you know, you're not going to do that at race effort, obviously, because that won't end well. So yeah. you need to make sure that you practice your training nutrition plan, you know, your race nutrition plan during training. So your race breakfast and um, the gels or whatever products you're using, et cetera. So you do need to practice that at some point. And if you do push the pace, if you're like pushing up a hill, if you're doing any structured um, kind of long run where you're practicing race pace at some point and you're really going in more into that higher intensity zone, then, you know, again, we're shifting more out of that fat burning into the, you know, more carbohydrate burning place. And then that, that could risk, you know, not preserving your lean body mass. So maybe that argument then gets kind of ca- counteracted a bit by you breaking down your muscle. So I think you just have to be really careful and, um, and, and maybe it's something that you can kind of try out. But for me, I'm kind of also waiting on some better quality studies out there. Um, there, there are some interesting studies, but I think we need some more evidence and I don't know. So I just, yeah, caution is a good way to, to, to kind of sum it up. <laughs> yeah, my first thought about it, and again, as someone who is far from knowledgeable, but it, it just seemed like this might be an effective program if your only concern is weight loss. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you're if you're exercising, it seemed like it could maybe even be counterproductive. Or if to- you're exercising at lower intensity. Sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, and I, I think it's something it. that you just have to try out and see if it works for you. Again, I think this can be kind of a difficult thing to follow. The other thing that's really important to point out is if anyone has a history of disordered eating or has an eating disorder and especially mm-hmm. anything right. like like with anorexia or anything like that, this is extremely triggering and is absolutely not appropriate. Absolutely not that's appropriate. That's I cannot emphasize point. that enough. So yeah. any, you know, you just have to be really, really careful with this. So, you know, in your mind, you can say like, oh, it's intermittent fasting diet, but really, oh, it's just an excuse for me not to eat for 16 hours. You just have to be careful and be really honest with yourself as to why you're doing that, you know? So I always kind of warn about that. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really, uh, that's, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. I mean, a lot of these diets can be very triggering, but anything that, that specifically recommends fasting, you know, you have to yeah. be careful. Mm, very good points. Yeah. I, uh, you know, a lot of times with the different diets and for lack of a better word, a lot of the fad diets mm-hmm. that you yeah. see out yep. there, it seems to me from someone who's viewing them from afar <laughs> that, you know, at the end of the day, it's really like, 
like you said earlier, it's they, they all are basically modified forms of calorie restriction. Mm-hmm. It's just what avenue are you taking for restricting your calories? And I think I, th- I think really what it comes down to ultimately is that those diets that might seem weird or quirky there. There's going to be somebody that that fits. Right. How how they eat. Yeah. And so, you know, like I, I, I've always been, had a great deal of success when I go the low carb route. Yeah. Like I drop weight. Like crazy when I low carb it, but then and are you regaining it, all the weight as soon as you stop it? Um, I found that so if I like if I stop, like I'll gain five to seven pounds like almost instantly. Yeah, but beyond that, it, then if I kind of go into just watching calorie mode, I'm pretty good at keeping it off. And but he eats pretty low calorie. Hmm. I mean, when you when you when you watch your calories, yeah, you're, you're like, pretty. Yeah, I keep a pr- I keep, I do tend to go like really low, and it's it's funny because it's like I think one of the things I I see in the description of intermittent fasting works is like I could see myself potentially doing something like that because I f- I find my willpower is a lot stronger in short bursts, mm-hmm. and, and and I feel like that's kind of. Like what that is working on That like hey we're only asking you to do To do this for 16 hours yeah. We're only just one day and then tomorrow You, you can go back to what <laughs> well, you're doing so you know then, what I mean? And I've read some research because of course The question is are you then going to go Absolutely nuts and like stuff your sure. Face for the time that you right. can eat And you know there has been research saying Oh no you know they, they don't end up You know going crazy they eat normal Amounts of food and again that's going to be Something that's Person, you know, just Very individual, personal. you know, right. does, what's your own personal reaction going to be? So, but yeah, that's kind of, you know, the question there, you know, what I, what I tend to recommend, and this maybe I, I would say to the listeners, if this is something that you want to try at home, however, you know, it doesn't, it's not realistic. It doesn't make sense. Or you don't even, you're not even interested as, which is my case of going 14 or 16 hours. <laughs> I'm absolutely not interested in this. Um, otherwise I would tell you how it worked on me, but no, zero interest. But yeah, so if you want to try this at home, you know, maybe going more like 12 to 14 hours or yeah, maybe 12 hours. So making sure that you finish dinner relatively early and, and then, you know, you have breakfast at a normal time. So like if you're doing like a seven to seven, kind of thing that's 12 hours and that's that's doable that's reasonable that's safe and you're still getting some of the benefits or supposed benefits that intermittent fasting you know provides also i mean one of the things that aside from just reducing caloric intake think about when most people struggle it's a lot of times it's at night late at night and it's essentially Mm -hmm. cutting that eating out um, assuming yeah. that you are stopping your eating or putting that window of time to, you know, exclude the, the later evening hours. I mean, of course, you certainly could say, oh, my, my window is going to be from, you know, 11 p.m. until whatever, you know. But um, yeah, so I mean, I would say if you want to try this at home, but in a less structured way and in a safer, safer and more sustainable way, I would say finish your dinner relatively early and then just go like try 12 hours if assuming that works for your workout schedule because I know some people work out at night some people you know some people but that's the other thing some people work late like I work with lots of people in the city and they're they're like I don't even eat dinner until 10 well that's not healthy (laughs) but you know and we try to work with that and see oh can you eat dinner at work or can you just not but you know or people have practice like you know running teams or whatever you know they have these late night 
practices and sometimes they don't get to, you know, by the time they, you know, they have an hour commute home, by the time they shower and get, you know, get something to eat, it's like, yeah, 930 or something. So it's not also going to work for everybody, but maybe you can find your own way of, of doing this. And eating early is always a good idea. You don't want to go to bed feeling full. It's not going to help you sleep. And then sleep, of course, affects, you know, weight loss and, you know, your appetite and all kinds of stuff. So, so yeah, I would say that that's kind of my takeaway is you can draw a little bit of the benefits without having to stick to a plan that can be very difficult and potentially not safe, um, depending on your exercise um, schedule and needs. You could also try fasting the way Elvis did it. <laughs> Whoa, you, okay, I, no. I this didn't is, hear about this. This is a true story. I don't Elvis think his this, banana sandwiches counted. No, this is this is it's gonna, about the banana peanut No, this is absolutely true story. I think it was for his comeback special, the famous where he's in the black leather suit, uh-huh. where it's like kind of the last time Elvis really just kind of nailed it, and uh, and then after that it was kind of uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, he actually to lose weight, he found a doctor in Vegas that put him into a medically induced coma. Oh Jesus! And it was it was like just lay there and don't eat. Like you won't be tempted if you're not awake. The things people do, it's crazy. It's like it's like I was hearing about like some people who go to like like before their weddings and they do some sort of like crazy diet where they're just like tube fed essentially and that's all they do. (sighs) Like like the kind of like like when I was working in the hospital with like extremely like acutely sick patients and they were being, you know, on tube feedings and stuff. And I'm like, that's just disgusting, like that people healthy people are doing that. (laughs) Like Yeah, yeah. it's almost go to crazy lengths to lose weight and it's just insane. Well there's that that like food paste that they have called Soylent. Oh, God, that stuff's that, so gross. Yeah, I, I've and, gotten a few clients off of that. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and I mean, and honestly, it's like, first off, they called it Soylent. Like, that's a nod to Soylent Green. I think we all know how Soylent Green ends, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's the famous Charlotte Crystal is a I have no idea what's it's, happening. There's a science fiction movie <laughs> called Soylent Green, <laughs> and it's like the whole world basically just eats this paste, right? Oh. And, uh, and it's, it's drink, really healthy. Though, think, right? Oh, it's a drink. Yeah. Is that what it's? Okay, yeah. And uh, and then at the end, it, it turns out that Soylent Green is people. Oh. And, yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> and it's like a famous Charlton Heston running around, Soylent Green is people. Oh, and like, okay. nobody, like, and they just think he's crazy, but like, um, but no, they were eating people. Yeah, yeah. So, That's, uh, yeah drinking it's people. It's very odd. I've, no, but I actually, I had, I had a client on Soylent and it was really funny because he came in. He's a runner. This is like years ago, and he had been doing. Not, he's because I get clients sometimes, and they're like, "I don't care about food. I'll do every. I'll do whatever you tell me to." Like they can, like I could tell them to eat. You know, like 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 emotional eating. That this is not their problem. They will just like, "I don't care about food. Right. I don't care about anything. I'm just want to do my sport. Just tell me what to do. I'll do it." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> um, but this guy was on Soylent, and he was a runner, and. He was Italian and his mom, he's like, my mom cries all the time because like, (laughs) because I won't eat her food. And he's he's like, my mom would be so happy. He's like, so should I not do this anymore? And I got him to like, stop it. And literally he put his mom on the phone and she was like, like crying. She's so happy. It was like really funny. (laughs) Like like he had left a cult. Yeah, I know. Seriously. I'm like, I just don't understand why people do this. But there, I mean, there are some people who really just could not care less about food. So um, My dad was kind of like that. He's like, yeah, I love food. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. To yeah, never eat anything that isn't delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my my dad was kind of I would I'm clearly that skipped a generation. Yeah, so I don't have it. But Brian is kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, Brian my, is kind of like that. My uh, youngest son, he's he'll be fourteen in August, mm. and I tell him all the time, I am so envious of his relationship with food. You could put his favorite dish in the world in front of him, and he'll take two bites, and if he's full, he'll just be like, "I'm done now. Wrap it up. 
Like I mean he, Yeah the kid, it's, it's both envious And annoying Yeah Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like the kid Is just hardwired In a way that's like Man His stomach to brain sensor Is working When he's full He is done That's good and That's That's, that's the way great. it should be Right but it, is. Of it, it is You know many of us Were raised like As part of the clean plate club And you know that kind of right. thing Like never waste food I mean it certainly Was ingrained in me Growing up And um, it can it can be hard to stop, especially if something's in front of you. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's something you love. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I kind of want to change gears because yeah. you mentioned a lot about running there. So I want to, since we are, like you said, going into uh, marathon season. So what should people who are kind of new to the whole thing, like you said, practice your your training, eating the foods you're going to eat on on the day of of your long run. Yes. But for somebody who's never done it. What should should they be eating? I've I've heard scary things about those gels. Yeah, those <laughs> yeah. I heard they give you the poops. <laughs> so, I'll just put it out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's no fun when something doesn't sit right. And that's exactly mm. why you want to start as early as you can. You know, don't wing it. Don't wait until you know super late in the training cycle to begin experimenting with different products and and uh, or foods or whatever. So when you know I get new marathoners coming in, that's one of the first things. You know, we, well we always make sure that they're. Every everyday eating is solid like we always start there just as I do with all my clients to make sure that's dialed in from the start to really build a solid foundation for their training and then we turn to performance nutrition um, to start building a, a race nutrition strategy and you know where do I have them start you know just for kind of inspiration I'll have them go to like an REI or just a you know a specialty running shop or just anywhere that has like a wall of products that they can take a look at but I know that can be very overwhelming if you've never done yes. it this before you're like looking at it yes. like uh, I don't know what to do so so I usually <laughs> do I need a chewy them, or a gummy <laughs> yeah I, I, I give them kind of just a few recommendations of things to try but this is where like personal preference and tolerance is so important so even you know things that I like or tolerate I wouldn't say I like any of these things but but things that don't make me like throw up on the course um you know I'll I'll, I'll just give them some some ideas um or things that I've heard clients you know just feedback of things that work for them and they can you know i recommend just basically you just get like you know one of you know several different types of products and just try them all and see what works for you the things that we're really thinking about from the start so it would be you know before your long runs at least you know the night before what kind of dinner are you going to have the night before your race so kind of experiment with that obviously we're going for something with you know good amount of, of carbohydrate but the question is you know are you do you have a sensitive stomach do you tolerate fiber okay if you're having like a pasta or a potato or any kind of thing that can or cannot have fiber in it like you can go either way you can take the skin off the potato or you can have bright rice or white rice or whole wheat pasta or regular pasta so kind of playing around with that and seeing what you tolerate also same with you know morning of breakfast that that is definitely going to be mostly carbohydrate, but, you know, I have clients who have had all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's crazy what some people can tolerate. Um, I personally have a very sensitive stomach, so I keep things really simple. Like my pre-race breakfast, uh, no matter what distance I do, is is um, oatmeal made with rolled oats and water, cinnamon, um, a mashed ripe banana in there, and a little honey. And that's kind of what I do. But, you know, people do like bagels or people will do 
Some people would have like eggs and toast and avocado. There are people who do like yogurt and granola. I mean, people do all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, they're thinking about that. They're thinking about how much time to allow for digestion. Um, again, this really varies. So some people, two hours, totally fine. Someone like me, for instance, I need like at least three hours. Although I think it's more from a traumatic first marathon than anything else. <laughs> if, you've had a bad, <laughs> if you've had a bad stomach experience at a race, you'll be forever traumatized, I promise you. It's horrible. I was one. Wondering like what the recommended time frame. Well, usually is we say there, at least so. two hours, and and of course it depends on how much you're eating. But assuming that you're eating a solid meal, if it's a marathon, you should be eating a solid meal. I don't ever want to hear about anyone like saying like, "Oh, I had a half a banana before a race." Like, no, that's not gonna, that's not going to go well for you. <laughs> so you know, in shorter races, like if you're doing a even a half marathon, I mean, half marathon is still an endurance event, but you can kind of get away with not having like a, a really big big meal if you know it's not that long most people it's under two hours again it's not going to go as well as if you just have a real meal but but the marathon you can't you can't uh play around with that you got to have some real food in there to to perform well so it's practicing that so the trick of course is you know you're already getting up early for your long run at the weekend the last thing you want to do is get up at like five in the morning especially if you're training in the summer and you're trying to beat the heat so some people are already starting their runs at like five or six in the morning so you know how do you practice that so what i usually tell people you know i mean well some people like will get up eat and go back to bed although not that i expect (laughs) people to do that but some of some more serious runners i know will do that um but a lot of times what I tell people to do is sign up for a training half marathon or any kind of other race during the training cycle. And that will force you to get up, eat and, you know, do it. And also it's just a really good opportunity to like practice your gear, practice your nutrition and hydration strategy, practice your pacing strategy, you know, just see where you're at, you know, in terms of your fitness, where you're really, you know, if you're really racing that race, this is something I, just as a coach, I always recommend people do you know, at least one training race in the cycle. And so it's just like a good dress rehearsal. But I know it can be really hard to get up and eat a whole breakfast. So yeah, sometimes and I'm, you know, guilty as charged. I'll, you know, for my super long runs, I'll get up and I'll eat a banana. I'll run out of bed and go run for like three hours. So I've been guilty of that too. But I try my best. And these days, like what I'll do just like on a training day maybe i'll have like a piece of toast whole wheat toast and a thick spread of peanut butter and a banana and then you know give myself an hour and then head out um and that usually does the trick and so yeah that's not the same as my race day breakfast but at least i'm getting some solid nutrition in so which is like you know the priority and then in terms of actually like during the runs what you're doing um i you know i'll say like look try some gels and the ones i often recommend like per- i know some people love goose personally i, I find them really just like thick and I don't I don't like things that are super super thick and sweet so the power gel is a little thinner at least I've heard a lot of people like hammer gels they kind of taste like jam huma gels have chia in them some people like those I mean there are lots of things out there and then the chews of course are very are they, popular yeah go ahead are they made out of chia pets <laughs> Uh, I certainly hope not. <laughs> you never know what's in this crap. But uh, seriously, it's like, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, so what I used for years, actually, back when I was living in London, was there's a brand called Science and Sport, and they have these what they call isotonic gels, and they're they're made um, they're not that sweet, and they have a little bit more water in them, so they are slightly larger. So that's the only downside is logistically because you have to also practice how you're going to carry all this nutrition. So again, that's another reason to start practicing early like how are you going to carry four or five gels over a course of a race you have to figure that out um so they're a little bigger but i use those in all my 
back when I was doing like a lot of road races and a bit more competitive about it, I, I would use those and they were great because you didn't really need water with them and they, they were not that sweet. So if, if you're ever like struggling to find, I don't know if they're selling them in the U S now, I feel like they might be because I've seen more people with them, but those ones are great. If you ever need something that's like less sweet and with a little bit more water, there are also the chews. If you like, you know, gummies and stuff, uh, they're like <laughs> shop blocks and the honey stingers have them. And, um, the, my personal favorite is pro bar. I, I find they're a little softer because shop blocks, you have to be careful with any of these. If it's cold out, they're like rocks. So the last thing you want to be doing when you're running, I mean, chewing can be difficult as it, not, as it is. And then like trying to like chew on these hard rock things that are like pulling yeah. your teeth out. is not fun. <laughs> and then of course, sports drink, you know, that's something many people like, and maybe you'll just, you're just turning the aid station, but you have to keep in mind that I believe, yeah, two cups of say like Gatorade, that's a hundred calories and like a gel is typically around hundred calories. So two cups, that's actually quite a lot of fluid. And it's not that you don't need the fluid, but you know, if you're swinging by an aid station, most of the time you're only taking like a couple little sips. So you might not, it's just your, the danger is that you're not getting enough calories in. And what we're aiming for is around 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour for the average person or like 120 to 240 calories per hour. So usually where I start people, if they're like, well, where should I start in my long run? It's, you know, about roughly one gel or the equivalent every say like 45 minutes or so. But of course your needs depend on who you are, male, female, size, you know, weight, all that stuff. So, but that's kind of like a starting point. So yeah, that's kind of intro to marathon nutrition stuff. I mean, there's a lot more. <laughs> I actually have for anyone interested, I have a free marathon nutrition guide posted on my Ooh. website and it's also on Matt's website. Um, with his marathon plans that he has. So you guys feel free to check it out and have lots of information on there. I will put both of those links on our our Facebook page as well then. Cool. (laughs) Very helpful. That, that's a lot of really good information for Absolutely. people to get started. Probably but, a lot of people were backing up. That was a lot coming at you. <laughs> as a I talk a lot. No, it was really, just, like, it was really good. No, it was just it was just a like just a, a download of like a lot of important stuff. Good, yeah, good. that was great. So, like before we move on to mm-hmm. the next question, what is what is the one thing that you find that people are not prepared for for like a long distance run? They're you know they're out there for the first time. What is the common screw up? For nutrition? Yes, for nutrition. Hmm. I mean, a couple common scripts. I I mean, you always hear like nothing new on race day. So I think most people know that, but but sometimes people (laughs) still like have the random gel or random whatever that was out in the course and it doesn't sit well. I think also, so that, that sometimes happens. The other common screw up, very common, and it's both pacing and nutrition related, but you know, people starting out too fast in a race and that's just racing generally, but especially in a marathon because pacing is so important. But you know, when you're pushing yourself harder, what are you doing? You're burning through your carb stores much faster. Right. So that yes. can lead you to bunk in all, you know, so many ways. So, um, so if I think, you know, if you're, and, and it's so hard to hold yourself back, especially in these like super exciting races, um, you know, like Boston <laughs> or New York or any of these, I mean, all of them are exciting, but especially those really big ones and the starts are like, there's so much fanfare and excitement going on. And so it's very easy to, you don't feel like you feel like you're pacing yourself well and you're like, I feel great. I'm like so fast. This is great. And oh, I told myself I wouldn't go out too fast, but I feel wonderful. And then it's like, oh crap, it's like 10 miles in. I feel like shit. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> like, I, like what's going on? And you know, so you don't feel it, but you're burning through your carb stores and, and you know, that really can, and, and you're also at the same time not making up for it nutritionally. So you're sticking with that same race plan and that just 
doesn't lead to good things later on. That's also so as much good. as possible, really create create a race a race nutrition and just general race strategy, a pacing strategy, and stick to it as much as you can, and make sure in training that. You practice your race, you know, plan and um, feel good about it and feel confident. And of course, you're going to make adjustments. So that's the other thing. You always have to stay flexible, both in your pacing and in your nutrition, because on race day, you always encounter things that you can't account, you know, we couldn't have predicted, right? Or I mean, hopefully you don't, hopefully yeah. everything goes as planned, but you know, whether it's like crazy weather or you have a stomach ache or I mean, who knows what's going on. So, you know, you have to keep that flexibility, but trying to hold yourself back a little bit and stay on top of your nutrition and remembering that calories are an investment. So I think a lot of people are like, Oh, well, I don't want to like take the sugar in and you know, it's so gross. I don't want to waste my calories on that. No, like calories are an investment in your, in your performance. You do need the calories in when you're racing for sure. And in training, you know, if, if you want to try real food, if you feel better about that, like you can always do things like dates or pretzels or dried fruit or whatever you want. Um, just keeping in mind that those things can be a little bit more difficult for most people to tolerate, especially when at a high intensity, like during a race. So pacing, nothing new on race day. Stay flexible. Yeah, that's uh, also good advice for newlyweds on the <laughs> honeymoon. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, make adjustments, but watch your pacing. And don't forget about about your electrolytes, which also can be important in that situation, I'm sure. And also, (laughs) nothing new. Nothing new. Like, that's like, you made, you, you just locked that down. Mm -hmm. Nothing new. Okay. Stay hydrated. (laughs) Yes. One of you might end a little more hydrated than the other. Oh, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. This isn't my specialty. (laughs) I can hear you blushing. (laughs) She's like, I didn't agree to go on Stern. What just happened? (laughs) It's like an ugly turn. So, (laughs) changing gears. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So, we talked all about what to do whenever you're going to be running. What about if you're in the opposite situation? So, you've been exercising, you've got your eating under control, and then boom, you get injured. You're not able to do your exercise that you were doing. What what should you do with your nutrition? Because, you know, you got to cut back the calories, but... But, you know, you're sitting there doing nothing, so that yeah. can be hard. Yeah. Well, first of all, my heart goes out to anyone who's injured because I have been and still am dealing with, like, the longest injury of my life postpartum oh. with this oh. hip thing. driving me crazy. But at least I'm back to running now. But I'm sorry to oh, anyone who's good. injured. I, I feel your pain. Um, but, <laughs> okay, that said, yeah. So, so I think it depends on what kind of injury it is, first of all. Because with, you know, any kind of illness or injury, you know, if it's like if wound healing is, is involved or any kind of like, say you had a stress fracture or, you know, something like that, like, yes, you need to adjust your eating, but you also are in a healing process. So recovery is Mm -hmm. important and you don't want to, you know, deprive yourself, restrict so much that you're compromising your recovery. So, so I think, you know, if you're, if you are like very inactive, then obviously you don't need as many carbohydrates. You still need some carbohydrates, of course, um, (laughs) because we all need them for energy and for our brain cells and all that sorts of stuff. But, um, but yeah, you know, really just focusing on good quality foods to help you through recovery. 
you know, lots of colorful fruits and vegetables, good lean proteins, all that kind of general healthy eating stuff that I, you know, I'm often talking about. And, you know, if you're inactive, you also can't get away with as many treats. If, if management weight loss is your goal, um, you know, obviously you can't, you know, you know, when we're super active, you're like, oh, well, I can have this and it's fine. Like it won't make a difference. I'm burning so many calories. So there's less of that wiggle room, obviously. <laughs> but I, you don't want to be overly restrictive, though. I mean, I mean, I think for multiple reasons, because first of all, when you're injured, that's a really like mentally tough place to be. You know, if you love exercising, as I, I'm sure everyone listening does, you know, it, it's good for physical health, but mental health, it's such an important mm-hmm. outlet for anxiety and, and whatever is going on. Right. And you're suddenly yes. like on the bench, like doing nothing. It's a really, really tough adjustment. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is just be like really, really, really restrictive and you know, beat yourself up about, you know, eating. So I think just being kind to yourself and, and focusing on the big picture and allowing your body to heal, do what you can, if you can do anything at all and trying to stay positive as much as you can, focusing on sleep, focusing on the things you can control, you know, Yeah. but, but yeah, obviously, you know, you aren't burning all that energy through exercise. So you do have, depending on how active you were, you know, you could be burning, let's say, 100 calories less per day or 1,000 calories less per day. I mean, it just depends <laughs> how active you are. Um, so, so yeah, so eating a little bit less, really letting your body be your guide um, as much as you can in terms of, you know, maybe you're, I'm, I'm assuming for most people, most times your appetite decreases a little bit because you aren't as active. But yeah, I'd say just let your body guide you, be kind to yourself, eat mostly healthy stuff, give yourself some treats so you don't go crazy and, you know, you can still live your life and, and yeah, and hopefully you get back to it soon. It's all it's all very soothing information. I like that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Until you know, you're sitting you know, on the going couch. through a hard time being injured. Like, why be like just mean to yourself? And not that I'm not trying to say like being really really healthy is being mean. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to say, like you know what I, I mean. My my whole I, philosophy totally though, I don't believe in, in. I'm more of an all foods fit model. You know, that's where, what I yes. follow. And if if you that's look at any of it. my social media, you see I eat. You know, I eat pizza. I had pizza for breakfast, actually, in full disclosure, with an egg and avocado. <laughs> you know, leftover pizza from last night. Um, I mean, I, I love food, and I believe that you know most foods out there can be part of a healthy diet, and and it's just about getting some you know mostly healthy stuff in and not depriving yourself so much that then you're like you go and binge and and then hate yourself afterwards and then you're down that vicious cycle so you know if you kind of take that those good and bad categories off of food and just let yourself eat food food is food um it can that could be helpful but i I realize it's still a challenge so you know it's not it's easier said than done Uh, very good advice very good advice and this last one is purely selfish on my part. <laughs> go for it I, I welcome all selfish questions <laughs> so uh how should one handle family vacations during the summer when no one else in their family wants to be active mm. yeah that that's tough so i guess the first question is do you enjoy sleeping in or are you okay getting up early? <laughs> yes um, yes i do <laughs> yeah so so i would say i mean the easiest thing to do obviously is just get up before the rest of the family's up and you know try to squeeze it in uh, i think i think accepting 
first of all, it's, it's your vacation too. So, you know, letting yourself have a few more rest days isn't the end of the world if you're normally very, very active. But if on your vacations, you're like, I want to be extra active because some people love being really, really active on vacation, then yeah, I mean, you just have to I probably like sleep a little bit less or, you know, choose. <laughs> yeah. So if you're getting up early and say you have access to a gym or you can run outside or bike or, you know, even just doing body weight exercises, um, you know, doing push-ups, doing squats, doing, I mean, doing whatever you can before the house wakes up. That's something, even if it's just like 15, 20 minutes, just to feel like you're a little active. You can also choose activities that involve walking around maybe, or, or just, you know, swimming or, you know, obviously there, you don't have to just be on the Peloton to exercise, you know, I know as much as you guys, I mean, maybe that's totally sacrilegious to say that. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I mean, maybe you guys can go for a, like a, a hike, but one that's gentle enough that the whole family can do it. Maybe, you know, if you're in a city or walking around, you're exploring or maybe you're swimming or I mean, there are lots of activities out there that are inherently active, or, you know, so you can do something like yes. that. Um, just making it fun. I mean, I don't know, personally, when I travel or on vacation, like my favorite way to explore is running or, or biking or something like that. But I know that's not always, maybe that's not an option depending on where you are. <laughs> so I would say like, yeah, if, if, if the rest of the family is like, I'm just going to not do any, like I'm just going to sit down the entire week and I, I refuse to move, then I think your best bet is just getting up early or, you know, at night or whatever time, you know, you have um, to just kind of squeeze it in on your own. And that way you're ready to kind of spend time with the family afterwards. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and I will say we do, we do usually explore quite a bit. So we're usually walking. It's just, that uh, counts. I might, I might be hard on myself and maybe I don't always count those. I know. Yeah. Well, you know what? I used to I definitely like before I got pregnant, I was like, walking is not exercise. And, and I always felt really hypocritical because I would tell my clients like, Oh, well, you know, walk more, walk more. And then to myself, I'd be like, that doesn't count. <laughs> but then, <laughs> then I was like late my pregnancy and I was like, oh my God, this is so difficult. <laughs> and then I was like, this, this does count actually. And now it's like if I can, you know, walk and obviously I prefer to run or bike or whatever, but hey, if you're walking, especially if you're walking at a good clip, you know, you can get your heart rate up. Yeah, it does count, true. especially if you're walking like up a mountain. I mean, that hurts. <laughs> right? Yeah, then the rest of the family would not be with me anymore. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, that would... Yeah, you tricked me into one of those walks Yep, I didn't mean to, I really didn't Uh I didn't know it was a five mile walk And on Thanksgiving, no less (laughs) Uh, Well, you gotta, you know, you gotta burn some calories on Thanksgiving before you stuff your face And we did Oh, we did Oh my word That was brutal (laughs) Awesome Awesome. Well, uh, I think that's everything we've got for you yeah. this time around. Awesome. Yeah. Lots of great information. Absolutely. Why don't you uh, take this opportunity to remind people where they can find you if they would like to reach out to you for a one-on-one consultation? Sure. Yeah. Um, you can find me over on my website, eatforendurance.com. And I'm also on social media, um, also Eat for Endurance on Twitter, on um, Instagram and Facebook. If you guys want to check me out and follow me and see all the both healthy and not so healthy things that I eat. <laughs> um, yeah, it was great chatting with you guys. Always fun. Tom, you, you always make me laugh, so that's always always fun. Um, that's how I burn calories. <laughs> hey, it counts. That's Everything my exercise. Counts, right? yeah, exactly. Here's today's recipe for success. So there's no way in hell that Claire Shorenstein did not send us a recipe. You know... I actually did not ask her for one. <laughs> I um, was like, this is 
It's what she does. I didn't ask her for one. (laughs) I'm sorry. So I think uh, I'll just make up a recipe. Oh, okay. Not Pizza Hut. You did that last week. No, I'll make up. It's for Claire Shorenstein. I'll make up a healthy recipe. (laughs) Uh oh. So uh, you take a glass of uh, kombucha (laughs) and you put in some kale (laughs) and some uh, soy powder. (laughs) Is that a thing? That sounds like some healthy thing that they would do. Uh, and then uh, you pour it into a coconut shell because it can still be fun. Right. Everybody says. Are, do you like stir it at some nutrition point? Nutrition can be fun. You know. Uh, I've never heard anybody say that, but. You don't. It's, you know, they always lie to you. They're like, you don't have to make sacrifices. It can be healthy, but it can still be fun and tasty. I mean, it's not true, but they tell you that. And so uh, and then you uh, you stir it with um, a celery stick and you uh, you let it sit on the shelf for <laughs> three days just so it builds up all that extra healthy bacteria. Uh-huh. And uh and then you put it all in a blender. Okay. And then you pour that into a pineapple shell. Wow. And then you drink it. Okay. So. Well, thanks for that. You're welcome. Have fun putting that on a website. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do you have in store for people next week? We're going to talk to May. Sakharov. Yes. Yes. She's amazing. She I is. Am. I get to meet her at HRI. Yeah. She was great. Yeah, I am super looking forward to this. Um, I could see May coming back for a second interview because May has some stories. She does. Yeah. Like everybody needs to listen because just she has so much history and like just amazing knowledge. She reminded me of the book Little Big Man by Thomas Berger. Okay. And it's uh, it was turned into a movie with Dustin Hoffman, but like he plays this uh, white guy who gets abducted by Indians and raised by Indians to where he thinks he's one and then finds out he's not. And but throughout the book, like he keeps showing up at like all these key moments in American history. And the book stops when he's like 35, but he's telling it as like a 102 year old man. And you're like, how is this book stopping when you're 35? <laughs> There's so much crazy stuff that happened. And you stop at 35. Like what? Maybe he was going to go for part two. I don't Well, you know, they did put one out years later. I haven't read it, but, oh. but it was like, it was such a good book. And I was like, you what? How do you how do you stop here? That's how our stories were. It was like you could tell that there's yes. just like just scratching the we surface. We barely scratched the surface yes. with me for sure. Yeah. So that's next week. Awesome. Well, until then, uh, where can people find you? They can find me at facebook.com slash crystal D O'Keefe on Twitter and Instagram at clip out crystal. And of course, on the bike at clip out crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. If you can't wait until next week for the show, you can stay up to date with us throughout the week at facebook.com slash the clip out. While you're there, join the group while you're in front of your Internet delivery device. Don't forget, we're available on iTunes. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe or wherever find our podcast. Are sold and by sold, of course, we mean given away for free. So uh, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, keep peddling, but only on non plastic. Come on and take a ride with me. Know what you need.